0: Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusaya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, just begin to pray. Keep praying in the language of the Holy Ghost. Keep praying. Stare Stir yourselves up now. Get ready. Get ready for tonight. Get ready for the word. Come on. Stir yourselves up. Be filled. Be filled with the spirit. Be filled with the spirit. Brakata katate. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord, we bless your name Jesus, you are beautiful and we love you, thank you Lord because you have the name higher than any other name, you are highly exalted, thank you Lord because all powers are subject to yours. And thank you, Lord, because we are beneficiaries of that power, we are beneficiaries of your grace, we are beneficiaries of your life. So, Lord, we pray that as we dive into the study of the Word this evening, your precious Word, we pray that we are blessed by it, we are transformed by it, and Lord, we thank you because at the end of the day, our convictions are strengthened, our belief system is, is just revolutionized, and Lord, our faith is heightened. Thank You, Lord Jesus. We bless You. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Welcome, welcome once again to another Bible study. I want to appreciate um, none other than Katers for an awesome worship session. Um, I want to welcome you especially to what we have for this evening, another Bible study chance to fellowship with the word and the spirit. And I want you to be excited about this evening. We are gradually coming to the end of our growth vitamins series. All right. And it's been a long one. My, my hope and my desire is that all you've learned hasn't just been some sort of information um, addition and acquisition to you but you're actually practicing these things you're putting them to practice you know remember we're not just aiming for gaining knowledge but we want to get understanding and as we get understanding apply all that we learn in wisdom praise the name of Jesus hallelujah Um. so tonight I'm going to try my best to, to run at the speed of light Because we really don't have much time, uh, I have less than 45 minutes to teach, but we will have an amazing time, all right? So, get ready, get out your Bibles and your writing materials, and let's get started. So, tonight we're talking about growth needs conviction, right? Growth needs conviction, um, and we have talked about many things regarding growth, we've talked about how. The gospel, or how growth stands on the gospel, how growth needs consistency. We talked about um, even just this last Thursday, we talked about how growth needs sound doctrine, right? Um, and I want you to realize that we're not, your growth is precious. You need to realize that your growth, God cares about your journey. God is concerned about where you were and where you are now. He's concerned about how far you've come and how well you are growing. Right? It's not just the pace at which you are growing. It's also the quality. Right? Um, but one thing I find, right, that a lot of believers seem to lack these days is conviction. 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 <clears throat> it's, it's very... Uh, it's a very it 's a very important matter that a lot of people don 't talk about in the church today and it's it's quite alarming to be honest um, Let me ask you this question um, and many of you know that i I love this set of people for one particular reason if anything um, of course aside from the fact that God loves them too but when you think of Muslims. Radical Muslims. What comes to your mind when you think about those people who um, bombed the World Trade Center nine eleven? What comes to mind? What comes to mind when you hear about those people who, on some flights, um, took their lives in in a, in a with a bomb, right? A suicide bo- uh, suicide bombing attempt to, um, in a sense, fight for their religion, fight a holy war to to uh get rid of the heathens and pagans what comes to your mind what comes to your mind when you see a muslim kneel down in prayer every time the same routine what comes to your mind when um when they they do these things and take out and they 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 just um do these things consistently Without regret, without apprehension, they just do these things consistently and without fear one one major thing that I see with these people is what we call conviction. It's what we call conviction and the good the, the beautiful thing is that not only do these people have conviction, they're not the only set of people that do. In fact, um, you realize that a couple of people who have changed this world, who have influenced the world positive, positively and powerfully. Um, such people uh, are people who had strong convictions. And it could be convictions about anything, but whatever the case is, they are the ones who caused changes in this world. They are the ones who uh, took the world by storm. Right? So, question is how does someone believe? get to a point where they believe in their heart so strongly that if they can snuff out their own lives like uh have a suicide bombing and kill people alongside them um and that how can how how do these people develop that belief system that when they do that they will make it to paradise and they will receive the rewards that allah has prepared for them how do they get to this place right How do they get to the place of conviction that nothing will change their mind about this? In fact, many times they are regarded as brainwashed. How do they get to a place where they are regarded as brainwashed and they're regarded as people who have never um, known any other thing? Like they have just been devoted to this even till their last breath. Um, Another thing that you find is that um, the early church And the the believers at the time in the first century thereabouts, these people were under a lot of persecution. They were so persecuted by the Roman, by the Romans. um, They were persecuted by kings, by governments that felt threatened by the church. And what they would do, um, some of you who have read the books or read some of the historical records, you realize that some of the people like um, Roman Emperor Nero. And some of the others were very uh, antagonistic towards Christians. So they would lock up Christians in cells, they will burn some of them at the stake, they will feed some to lions for sport in a circus. But what you find these believers doing in such moments, you see them still looking up to heaven. Like, it's such a beautiful sight. I watched a documentary on this, and it always gets me every time. When you see a believer, at the brink of death in the stadium where lions are about to pounce on them you see children you see women you see men christian believers and just before the lions are released you see these people praying you see these people singing hymns and rejoicing and smiling and some of those acts it was recorded that it even got the gov- the officials more angry they should be in fear they should be in peril they should be panicking they should be scared Meanwhile, what you see these people do is singing psalms, singing hymns, rejoicing, praising the Lord. How do they get to a place of such conviction, right? a story of a woman that many of you might know um, by name of Joyce Meyer. Uh, a woman who, right from when she was 12 years old, she was molested by her father. She was raped, I think she said, at least once a week by her father up until she was 18 and she could leave the house she was abused and even after that she had some messed up relationships how can someone like that abused by by her own father still choose and decide that look marriage is still for me i can still get married to a true and faithful man and that doesn't have to affect my relationship with the lord affect my relationship with people i can get better how do you Find someone with such a conviction, you know. When others just is uh, just by having one incident alone, they have given up on the on the concept of marriage or relationship and just assume that men has come. How do people get to a place of such conviction? Right. Um, you hear of stories of people who have lost a lot of people in their lives, right? How do they come to a place of look? Regardless of everything that has happened, I will still stick with the lord because he is good no matter what how do these people build conviction and that's what we're talking about this evening i want i feel it's so important this is one of the most important things because i'm tired of of hearing believers and tired of hearing people under this ministry just up and about just get to a point where they're like you know what i don't think god is there for me i don't think god is hearing me i don't think god is good to me it shouldn't happen. It should never be the case. Do you understand? Because we know better. We know better than to judge God based on the things we are experiencing. Do you understand? We know better than to decide upon God's character based on the things that we have experienced. So, I'm trying to teach this so that we grow. That's the only way you can grow, when you have convictions, right? And what are convictions? Simply put, no hard um or complex definition conviction is a firmly held belief, right? It's a firmly held belief. Convictions are things, they're not just things, like I always say, they're not just things that you hold, they are the things that hold you. Do you understand? You hold opinions, but convictions hold you, meaning they keep you grounded, they keep you anchored. Convictions are designed not to change. Do you understand? They're designed to be unchanging. They're not designed to be one way one day. The next day they move to another state. Another day they evolve. No, they're not meant to evolve. Convictions are meant to stay put. They're meant to be unchanging. That's how they are designed to be. Do you understand? But, you know, in a world where we are in, it's like it's so hard sometimes to hold to your convictions. Or have convictions because of the things that you experience, and that's what we want to talk about this evening, right? Um, can we open our Bibles to the book of Colossians, chapter three, from verse sixteen? Colossians chapter three, from verse sixteen. It says, "Let the word of Christ live in you richly." I'm reading from the Passion translation. Uh, I happen to like this translation a whole lot these days. Um, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So saying to God with all your hearts. So the first part is where I'm leaving emphasis, right? Let the word of Christ live in you richly. Let the word of Christ live in you richly. Flooding you with all wisdom. That's it. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When you have something dwell in you richly, constantly, consistently, and it's always there, it's your go to, it's what is always present. That's what you would call convictions. You understand? That's how convictions are actually built. When you have something that you hold to um, dwell in you richly. Praise the name of Jesus. Uh, but let me give you some facts about conviction. I'm going to, uh, I I want us to start there and then we'll dive right into something else. Facts about conviction. The first fact is conviction begins by revelation of the word for the believer, right? There has to be a source of your conviction, but for the believer, conviction believes by revelation of the word. I'll say that again. Conviction begins by revelation of the word. Second Timothy chapter three from verse sixteen. Open your Bibles. If you have them there, Second Timothy chapter three from verse sixteen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is beautiful. The word of God is transformational. The word of God is powerful. It is, it is, it is. Second Timothy three sixteen. It says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So uh, it says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. What it does, it is profitable for what doctrine. It teaches you, it educates you, right? It, it informs your knowledge. Then what else does it do? It's reproves. And the original Greek word is similar to the word proof. To give evidence. To give proof. To give reason. So it doesn't just give you uh, the word of God, which is inspired of God. So in and all, all scripture, which is inspired of God, does not just give you doctrine or teachings. It gives you evidence for them. It also corrects you. The word of God is designed to help correct some wrong notions and one way you would know that you're being corrected sometimes is that some things that you held on to are being removed some things that you always thought were right are now being debunked and you're seeing the reality and like most people when you're being corrected correction can be a hard process Nobody is like oh my god thank you i was corrected yay i'm so excited no Sometimes it's a sober process. It's a gruesome process when you're being corrected because sometimes it's hard to let go of what we always thought was right. Then it is for instruction in righteousness. It instructs you to what end? So that the man of God may be perfect. The man of God, the woman of God in Christ will be what? Perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That means the word of God is designed to make you complete. That's the word perfect. It's designed to make you complete. It's designed to make you perfect. It's designed to make you wholesome. Do you understand? That's what the Word of God is designed for. So it's designed to indoctrinate you, also to give you evidence for that doctrine, to correct you, to instruct you. That's what the Word of God is for. But you see, um, conviction starts with the Word of God. The Word of God is our source of conviction. It instructs us. It's It's... Educates us about certain things. All right. That's the first fact about conviction. Number two is repetition engenders conviction. Number two, repetition engenders conviction. Okay. Repetition engenders conviction. So it's not just enough for you to know something. Having it stay, repeating it over and over and over. That knowledge will have a better chance of becoming a conviction do you understand we are not raising believers with knowledge we are raising believers with conviction we need you to be convinced of what you know do you see that we need you to be convinced of what you know we need you not just to have knowledge but when it's time to use that knowledge you are convinced of the truth that you know and you apply it do you understand But we see that repetition actually engenders conviction. That's, uh, let's open our Bibles to the book of, uh, Philippians 3 verse 1. Philippians 3 verse 1. And that is something that I read last week during our teaching on sound doctrine. Philippians chapter 3 from verse 1. Okay, so Philippians 3 verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. So Paul is telling them that I write the same things to you consistently. He says, see, it's not a big deal for me. I can keep doing that because for you it is safe. Meaning for you, it is better for you. It will keep you grounded in the truth. It will help remove any other sort of knowledge that is not true because I'm telling you the same things. And when I keep doing that, you are reminded of the truth of the truth. Praise the name of Jesus. Then we also see um, in Second Timothy, sorry, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 15 to 16. I also read this last week. Um, by last week, I mean Thursday. First Timothy chapter 4 from verse 15 to 16. It says, meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing so, thou shalt save yourself and those that hear you. So it says, meditate upon these things, give yourself wholly to them. That is how conviction is built. When there is, and you know, when you meditate, there is repetition. You repeat what you are meditating on consistently, 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 and continuously, till it starts to sink, till it starts to make sense, right? I don't know if you've ever been under a teaching, and you're like, wait, what? It, that you got knowledge, you, you, you just got knowledge then, and we're you, like, ah, this is serious, so you start to think about it. Maybe, for example, the first time you ever found out that Jesus is a man, even now in heaven, because the Bible shows us that even as He was resurrected in, you know, in His glorified body, with which He was able to eat with the disciples, He was able to move around, that same body, He ascended into heaven. Just like that, ascended into heaven, into glory. Just with that same body. So, Jesus is a man in heaven, and some of you thought about it and you're like, oh wait, wait, I, okay, I see truly He is a man in heaven, but, So you're saying, if I go to heaven now, I will see Jesus the man. Ah, that's hard. And you start to just think about it and think about it and meditate upon this thing and give yourself wholly to it. And before long, you start to have a better understanding that you too will be a man in heaven. You will have a body like Christ's body. Jesus was meant to be the prototype of us. Do you understand? He was meant to be the first fruit of what we will be. So that just starts to resonate with you. like, ah, wow, truly, Jesus is, is, is my prototype. Do you understand? You know, he's the one who's, he's the, he's the, uh, he's the example of, uh, of, I am um, a replica of him, basically, is what I'm trying to say. All right. So repetition engenders conviction. It helps, right? Then number three is convictions drive faith. Convictions drive faith and cause changes. Convictions drive faith and cause changes. Like I gave you with the examples mentioned earlier, there is nobody that has made a significant change in this world or in their family or in their society or in the church that did not have strong convictions. The man by name of Martin Luther, who was a reformer, who was the one that popularized righteousness by faith the only reason he was able to follow through with this was because he was convinced at first the Holy Spirit you know if you read his story he had dreams upon dreams he couldn't sleep some nights he was just thinking ah so you mean the only way people can enter this heaven is through paying penance observing the sacraments and all of this and it was just troubled and the scripture of Romans, he had access to the scripture. In those days, People, the, the typical lay Christian didn't have access. But those who, the monks who handled the scriptures, they they had access. So he had access. Instead of reading the book of the writings of Paul to the Romans, he was just checking it out. He was seeing, ah, wait, righteousness by faith. He had nightmares. This was the scripture coming into his mind. And then he meditated on it, gave himself wholly to it. And it became truth for him, became a conviction that he started telling people and people like what are you saying? We've known these things for several years that it's by penance, it's by this. But he was like, No, 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 there's no evidence for that. This is what I've seen. The word of God has given me doctrine, it has corrected me, it has given me evidence. Do you understand? And so he was saying, Look, this is my this is the truth. You're only righteous by your faith in God. That's what he was popularizing, but people slandered him they threatened his family they threatened his life they told him that they were going to burn him at a stake he didn't listen he started writing publications anonymously he was just writing writing spreading it everywhere ah it was aggressive but he caused the change because of him now we can confidently say that righteousness is by faith in christ jesus hallelujah that's what conviction did conviction is what martin luther king jr did in america in selma where he was able to to tell and give that speech that he had a dream. Do you understand? Not just a dream, a conviction. You, you talk about people like Nelson Mandela, people who have actually made changes. It's about conviction. They were convinced. Because when you are convinced about something, best believe that there will be oppositions to your convictions. There will be things that will try to attack. There will be things that will try to attack your convictions. So you have to be prepared. You have to be ready and expectant that things will come to um, to attack your convictions, and I'm going to list a couple of those things, Um, and that's what that's where I'm getting to now. Enemies of conviction. Let me just list three enemies of conviction that I know. Three enemies of conviction. Number one, feelings. Number one, feelings so what you realize is that many times as believers we tend to go by our feelings we tend to interact with God based on our feelings we tend to interact with life based on our feelings so sometimes for you it might be a situation of you don't feel that God protects you or he loves you or he actually cares about you and You've always been told since you were young, from Sunday school, you know, in, in your church that God cares about you. You probably even sang songs, you know, from Donut Man or Bible Man or Mother Goose about um or salty. Some of you who know what I'm saying, please. <laughs> I hope someone knows what I'm saying. These are some of the things I grew up listening to. Um and these things are um You start just listening to these things about how God cares for you but you grow up you know you're not you're no longer a child you grow up into adulthood and you start to see that man adulthood is a scam man ha adulthood is crazy adulthood is just a lot of stress but I don't feel loved by God I don't feel helped by God I feel abandoned and these thoughts these feelings start coming I feel I feel I feel just realize that look you're in your feelings You're actually in your feelings where you should be in your faith. That's it. See, it's always faith over feelings. It's always going to be faith over feelings. You'll always feel things and if you always go by your feelings, then you'll always probably enter into trouble. Some of you know what feelings can do, right? Just because you have feelings for someone doesn't mean you should act on those feelings. Do you understand? Feelings are fleeting. Feelings are unreliable. Feelings are... They are just temporary many times. Feelings are just lingering and um, fleeting, is the word I'm trying to use basically. They are not consistent, they are not reliable. So you must always decide okay, I am feeling this way. I feel unloved by God. I feel unwanted. I feel condemned. Then you have to put those feelings against the Word of God which is our source for conviction and you say what does the word say about this is it true that I am unloved check it out does the Word of God say that and let the Word of God correct your feelings let the Word of God give proof and evidence for God's love for you do you understand that's how the believer wins because these feelings will come they will come they will come but you have to be ready to fight them praise the name of Jesus um, and many times they come through your senses you know the things you you feel the things you hear the things you see happening around you know sometimes you're, you, you see a lot of things that period where we started hearing a lot of rape incidences justice for Uwa justice for Tina who was also shot by the police you know justice for this person and for that that was a very, very daunting week for a lot of people because it challenged their faith. They started to feel, God, where were you in all these situations? The same way they would have felt in a situation of Job's um, case, where Job would have been, God, where were you when I lost everything? Do you understand? There will be those times, and when we lost someone recently, someone dear to me, I lost someone there a few weeks ago, and, you know... That was a period where a lot of people started asking those questions too. God, if you are good and you love this person, why did you let them die? You know, so feelings will always come, but the question is, what are your convictions? What are the things that keep you grounded regardless of what you feel? What are the things that you hold to regardless of what you are feeling in that moment? Regardless of what you are seeing? Regardless of what you are hearing on the news? What are your convictions? So feelings sometimes are an enemy to conviction. Number two, experiences. Experiences. So sometimes you feel that your experiences don't line up to the word of God. For example, you I'll just give a typical example. The Bible says this in Mark 16, verse 17 to 18. Um, amongst many other things that you cast out devils imagine the scripture tells you you will cast out devils in my name i remember the first time i tried to cast out the devil that was in my 200 level um, i was willing to give it a try i just really understood what it meant to be able to cast out the devil and there was this person who was misbehaving i just walked into the room of the guy and a couple of his roommates were there too and this guy just said misbehaving. behaving just said Shaking one way, one kind. I knew something was up and I said, let me pray for you or something. And I, I held the guy's hand, just two hands, and we were praying. I was just praying, praying because I didn't know how to go about it. I didn't know if I say out. What if the guy is just weird, you know? <laughs> I didn't want to embarrass him. So I said, let me just pray. Last last, whatever happens, you know, the demon, if there's a demon there should go. So I was just holding his hand. I could sense something was up. We were praying, praying. Papa was just... <clears throat> Just started talking. He opened his mouth and saying, Leave him alone. He started to talk in third person. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone. I was like, no, I won't leave him alone. I prayed for this guy that the demon will leave. I was there for about twenty something minutes when I shouldn't have been. <laughs> Do you understand? I was there for long. So in those moments I was like, What is happening? Like this is clearly a demon. His roommates were spooked out. And this was clearly a manifestation of a demon. But nothing was happening like he was even it almost seemed like he was getting stronger and this guy started to tell me things like ah you think you have power no i'm in charge i'm in charge and almost at some point i was like ah maybe i'm not ready for this you understand and my mind started to go to it's true it's possible that i might not have as much power i need to go maybe i didn't pray enough and that's what the guy started to say he said you, you think you can cast me out <laughs> you think I can let him go? No, I won't let him go. You've not prayed. You've not prayed enough. Those <laughs> See, uh, don't let your experiences trump what the word of God says for you. Do, you. do you understand? The word of God says you will cast out devils. Imagine the Bible said also that you will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What do you do when you lay hands on a sick person and they don't recover? What do you do when your experiences don't line up? So... Your experiences are, imp- are, are, are not as important as what the Word of God says. What do you do when you lay hands on a sick person and they don't recover? Do you just give up and say, ah, maybe this is not for me? Maybe, you know, at the end of the day, you are faced with the question. It's either Jesus is a liar or he is not. So you have to ask that question and your actions will determine what you choose. If you choose to stay and lay hands till the person is healed, then you have said Jesus is not a liar. But if you give up and say, oh, maybe it's because it's because I am not, it's because I am not, then you have said Jesus is a liar. And that scripture is not true. That's it. So you need to build conviction outside of your experiences. Regardless of how many times it has happened, your desire is to make sure that your experiences line up with the word of God. It's the word of God above your experiences. Praise the name of Jesus. The word of God above your feelings. The word of God above your experiences. That is the life of the believer. It doesn't matter how many times I have tried to get it right. It doesn't matter how many times I've tried to see the word of God happen, but it's not happening. Stick to the word of God. Insist on it. Stay on the word of God. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. You don't grow by just adapting to life as it throws you lemons. No. You know they say, if life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's not true. If life gives you lemons, you can throw it back to life and use oranges instead. <laughs> Praise the name of Jesus. You don't have to accept what life gives you. You choose what the word of God gives you. You choose what the word of God says about you. Praise the name of Jesus. And the last one I want to talk about is the devil himself, right? Um, demonic influences. So... That's an enemy of conviction. Sometimes some of the thoughts you have are demonically inspired. All right. Some of the temptations, some of the feelings that you start to feel sometimes is a demonic oppression. And you need to be sensitive to such. Um, sometimes the devil uses your own voice to speak to you and tell you things that, oh, you are not worthy of God. Or look at you. Look at what you did. He's called the accuser of the brethren. It's his job. It's his job to put you down. It's his job to, just like he accused Job. He came before God and told God, look at Job. You think he's righteous? Oh no, just you take away this protection and you'll see what happens. That's his job, to accuse you. And so if you let him do that to you, you'll realize that your convictions will shake. Your convictions will shake. So you choose the word of God. The word of God was instituted to Indoctrinate you, to teach you, to give you evidence, to correct you. Do you understand? So that you are perfect, complete, you know, ready for all good works, like 2 Timothy 3.16 says. So this is a very important thing you must not neglect in your life. You need convictions to grow. You need convictions to grow. So let me just um, talk about some places, two major areas to grow convictions. This is where I'm going to spend some time. So, I need you to pay close attention. Alright. So, now, two areas where the believer in God needs to build conviction. Number one, the character of God. Number one, the character of God. And then the second part is your place in Him. That is who you are and what you have in Him. So, the character of God and your place in him those are the two places we're going to talk about and we call it a night okay so number one the character of God the character of God um, though there are a lot of things to talk about the character of God you know the attributes of God are almost as vast as his person it, God is a lot of things right he's just he's good he's merciful he's kind he's wrathful towards sin. he is He's unchanging, you know, and he he's a lot of things. But I want us to focus on this characteristic of God, this attribute of God, that he is good. He is good. God is good, right? Because there's a tendency for a lot of people and a lot of us, you know, to think he is not. Okay, so let us quickly go to the book of James chapter 1 from verse 17. James chapter 1 from verse 17 every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the father of light with whom is no variableness neither shadow of turning this is beautiful it says every good gift any good gift you can think of that truly is good in itself comes from God. Every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of what? The Father of light with whom there is no variableness neither shadow of turning so if the perspective you have of God is one of a God who changes who has mood swings today he's happy next day he's moody next day he's angry with you next day he's in love with you the next day he wants to destroy you then you don't understand the character of God the Bible says there is no variableness with him neither is there a shadow of turning so it says see everything good comes from God that's a beautiful song i remember that um, was sung by is it jesus culture everything good comes from you father of light oh so powerful because god is the father of light not the father of darkness everything good comes from him praise the name of jesus i want us to also open our bible to jonah chapter 4 from verse 2 let's see some old testament scripture about the nature of god Jonah chapter 4 verse 2. I like this specifically because it reveals a lot about not just God, but Jonah. Because this is the reason why Jonah fled to Tarshish instead of going to Nineveh in the first place. He said this. Jonah chapter 4 from verse 2. Jonah. Jonah chapter 4 from verse 2. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord. Was this not my saying? When I was yet in my country, let me, let me use, um, you can read with the King James, but well, let me read from the Passion Translation. Uh, sorry, for, I forgot not Passion, the NLT. Passion Translation doesn't have some Old Testament scripture. Okay. So, from the NLT, he says, So he complains to the Lord about it after the people have repented in Nineveh. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That was why I ran away to Tarshish. And knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and filled with what? Unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. See that. He is so eager to turn back from destroying people. This was an Old Testament prophet who hadn't seen the fullness of this God himself. It wasn't, God wasn't fully revealed in the person of Christ, but he knew this about God. He said this, this is, this is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God. Can you say that? God, I know that you are a merciful and compassionate God. You are slow to anger and you are filled with unfailing love. Can you just say that again? Oh, glory to God. You are merciful and compassionate, slow to anger, filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Hallelujah. That is the God that you serve. He is a good God. He is merciful. He gives not just a second chance, not just a third chance. To him, there are always chances time and time again. He is slow to anger. Praise the name of Jesus. That is your God. Now, let's see what David says about this God. Because David, one way or the other, seems to have a sort of... Personal relationship with God. You can see that intimacy that he had. Right? You see, let's go to Psalm 103. Very powerful scripture. Oh, my Lord. Many of us know the scripture. You you see the scripture I'm going to read. You know a, a huge part of it. But many people haven't read the rest. So, Psalm 103. Let me read from the King James so that everybody... Um Okay. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me bless his holy name. You know, it's a song, right? David is saying this Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me bless his holy name. And then it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And what are these benefits? After it says, forget not all his benefits. David is telling his soul, don't forget the benefits of God. You see a colon there and it says, Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? So he forgives what? All your sins. This is what David is saying about God. Not just some of your sins. He forgives all your sins. He heals you of what? All diseases. This was a time where we weren't saying A display of the miracle of the supernatural of of healings excessively, but he said, "This is the God that I serve. Like He heals all diseases, who redeems your life from what destruction, who crowns you with what loving kindness and tender mercies." Oh, this is beautiful that God crowns you with tender mercies and His loving kindness. You know, He didn't just say with love. Or with kindness loving kindness that's a depth to love than, than than we realize loving kindness and not just mercy what tender mercy glory to God those qualifiers are powerful verse 5 who satisfies your mouth with good things that means God provides for you hallelujah you don't lack anything it says so that your youth is renewed like the eagles hallelujah verse 6 the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed what it means is he stands up and avenges those who have been oppressed the widows the orphans that's the god he executes right judgment verse 7 he made his, his ways known to moses his acts unto the children of israel verse 8 the lord is merciful ah hallelujah the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and what plenteous in mercy david had to repeat it again in case you missed it the first time no the god i serve yahweh elohim adonai this is he the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and plenteous in mercy he said in verse 9 he will not always chide neither will he keep his anger forever that means he will not always punish chide means to punish neither will he keep his anger forever he will not be angry forever Verse 10, he had not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. This is the same David that had murdered and committed adultery, and Prophet Nathan gave him some strong words. He said, look, God does not reward us and deal us after our sins. He does not reward us according to our iniquities. Wow. David... Verse 11, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Oh, now this is a scripture you must listen to. This is a scripture you must read consistently. You must remind yourself, repeat. This is so juicy. This is so powerful. It says, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah! Woo! This is beautiful. As far as the east is from the west. That's how far he removed your transgressions away from you. That's beautiful. And he says like as a father pitieth his children so the lord pities them that fear him for he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust ah verse 17 says but the mercy of the lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him hallelujah hallelujah this is powerful our time will not permit me to read the rest but you see this is such a beautiful scripture that you must always listen and read You know, if you have an audio Bible, you can listen to it consistently. Let it be, let it resonate in your heart. Let it etch itself there. Read it consistently. Let this remind you that God is good no matter what. The believer must have a regardless attitude a regardless attitude towards the character of god regardless of what i see regardless of what i've heard regardless of how i feel regardless of what i experience regardless of the voices in my head god is good and that will never change because god does not change there is no shadow of variableness no shadow of turning with him there is no variableness god stays the same and he is good every good and perfect gift comes from him hallelujah How you talk, you fight your feelings with your conviction. You fight your fears with your conviction. You fight your experiences, the 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 contradicting experiences. You 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 attack them with your conviction based on the word of God. Hallelujah! Praise the name of Jesus. Now to round it up, talking about your place in Him, and I, I did something that I feel will. Really help us give, you know, help you give perspective as to what you have. Um, First of all, who you are, right? First of all, who you are in Christ and what you have in him. So I have something called the ABCs of your place in Christ. So the first, when I start with a letter, starting from A, obviously, ABCs, starting from A, I will talk about who you are. And then I'll mention the words that describes what you have, right? This is just a short list. There's There are numerous things I can mention, but A to Z are not even enough to describe, you know, who you are and what you have. So get ready to write, get ready to take note of all of this, okay? Praise the name of Jesus. All right, so the first one, and (laughs) it was stressful to try to get all of this. Because I, I was scared of the letter X, but we'll find, we'll find out what happens. Right? So get ready to write your A to Z's about who you are and what you have in Christ. I hope this helps you remember. So number one, I mean, well, not number one, letter A. (laughs) A is accepted. You are accepted. Hallelujah. You see that in the book of Ephesians chapter one, you know, from verse four, five, you see that how you are accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. So you are accepted. Then under A, what do you have? You have authority. You have authority. Luke chapter 10 verse 19 talks about that. Right? I really wish you could open all these scriptures, but time will not permit. But I want you to just have this at the back of your mind. So you are, who are you? You are what? You are accepted. What do you have? You have authority. Praise the name of Jesus. B you are blood washed hallelujah you are blood washed but what do you have you have blessings spiritual blessings in heavenly places you can see that in ephesians chapter one from verse three titus three from verse four to five talks about how you've been blood, blood washed praise the name of jesus for see, we are citizens of heaven hallelujah we are citizens of heaven right And then we have a calling. We have a calling. Now, um, citizens of heaven, you can see that in Philippians chapter 3, from verse 20 to 21. It tells us that we are citizens of heaven. We are not people who are trying on a voyage, on a journey through a wilderness called earth trying to make our, our way into the promised land. Hallelujah. Through Jesus, all his promises have, have been fulfilled. We are in the promised land. Praise the name of Jesus. We are citizens of heaven already, says Philippians 3.21. And 20 and 21, by the way. And then we have a calling of God. There is a call of God on every one of our lives to do the work of ministry, to spread the name of the Lord across the earth. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Then, letter D. Letter D. We are delivered. We are delivered. Hallelujah. We are delivered from the power of sin and death. Romans 6 talks about that. How we've been delivered from the dominion of sin. Praise the name of Jesus. Then, what do we have? We have dominion over the sin. We've not just been delivered from it. We now have dominion over sin and death. We have dominion praise the name of jesus praise the name of jesus then e we are empowered we are empowered or you can say we are enabled but let's say we are empowered then what do we have we have eternal life praise the name of jesus we are empowered acts chapter 1 verse 8 after the spirit comes upon you you receive power hallelujah you have eternal life john three sixteen. these are scriptures you should know already right These are beautiful things about us in Christ. Hallelujah. We are empowered and we have eternal life. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. I'll just give you some time. Then let me go to F. F, we are forgiven. Oh, glory to God. Ephesians 1 verse 7, Colossians 1 14 says that we have forgiveness through his blood so we are forgiven not just a a renewal of a subscription we renew per time that we go to him lord i messed up forgive me no he has taken care of it he has forgiven given us like david said he has taken our transgressions as far away from us as the east is from the west hallelujah so we are forgiven and then we have favor we have favor we have favor both with God and with men. Hallelujah. The Bible talks about how Jesus grew in stature and in favor before God and men. We have, we have that already as well. We have that favor. We have favor before God and men. Hallelujah. Supernatural favor. Praise the name of Jesus. G. we are godly. We are godly people. We are godly after the one who has saved us, who is God. We are godly. And we have grace we are godly and we have grace praise the name of jesus hallelujah we are godly and we have grace h right we are holy we are holy first peter chapter 2 verse 9 tells us we are a holy nation and the word holy means you've been set apart you've been called out we are holy we are holy And then we have healing. The Bible tells us, you know, Jesus speaking to the Syrophoenician woman says, Healing is the children's bread. We are the children of God. So healing is ours. Hallelujah. Healing is available to us. We have healing. Divine healing. So we are holy and we have healing. Praise the name of Jesus. I, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We are indwelt. We are indwelt. And then we have insight. Praise the name of Jesus. We have insight. We have insight into the word of God, the wisdom of God. And we have insight into the affairs of life. That's why someone can know things by the spirit. Things that are even yet to happen. We can have discernment into the things that are happening around us. That is insight. That means seeing into something that nobody else can by natural means. So we are indulged by the spirit and we have insight. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. Then Jay. we are justified. We are justified. Hallelujah. We are justified. Glory to God. What it means to be justified means legally, in God's eyes, you are acquitted of all your sins. There is no charge against you. God hits the gavel and says, free of charge. You are free. You are innocent. He declares you free of any charge. Hallelujah. You are justified. You know. Praise the name of Jesus. All right. And then you have joy. You have joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You have joy. Romans fourteen seventeen talks about that. That you have joy in the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of Jesus. The kingdom of God is not in meat and drink, but joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. Then... then k you are a king and 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 the word king here you know how revelation talks about kings us being kings and priests um the word king it's, it's talking about kingship doesn't necessarily mean the male um the male kind of ruler. it's just talking about someone who has dominion who has a sphere of dominion all right who is royalty Praise the name of Jesus. So you are a king or you you are um, kingship, if I'll put that. I don't know if that makes sense, but you are a king. You understand there is royalty in your blood. Praise the name of Jesus. And then you have kindness by the Holy Ghost. You have kindness. You have kindness. It's a fruit of the spirit. You have kindness, just like you have joy. So you are a king and you have kindness. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Then L, you are loved, you are loved. Oh, oh, can we just stop here and just <laughs> can we just no, not go any further? This is enough. You are loved. If there's anything you must remember in your entire life is that you are loved, you are loved. Praise the name of Jesus. you are loved and you have love. <laughs> you have love. You have love. You have love. So you haven't just received God's love. You have love to give. Praise the name of Jesus. So you have love. Hallelujah. You have love to give, love to share. Praise the name of Jesus. M, we are miracle workers. Hallelujah. We are miracle workers. You know, you can sing the song that we, uh, we make. Miracle worker promise keeper but guess what as a result of that as a result of what he has conferred upon us we now are miracle workers praise the name of jesus so when he says lay hands on the sick let your conviction be built on the fact that you are a miracle worker you can work those miracles hallelujah and then we have a mission so we are miracle workers and we have a mission or we have a mandate whatever you choose we have a mission and that's the commission that he gave to us, without omission, but with permission. Ah, praise the name of. Jesus. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop there. But you see, that mission we have is the great commission to to make disciples of all nations. All right, and in so doing, we are still miracle workers. We do we perform miracles on that mission. All right, so that's about M. N. N. We are near. We are near. The Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 2 that there was a time where we were far apart from God. We were separated from the commonwealth of Israel. There was a divide. But the blood of Jesus has drawn us near to him. Hallelujah. It says we've been brought nigh. And the word nigh means near. We've been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. This means we have access to the Father. So we are near. Praise the name of Jesus. We are near. And then we have navigation we have navigation what that means is that we have direction of God God gives us and navigates us through life we have a good shepherd that navigates us so we have his divine navigation hallelujah we are led by the Spirit of God because we are the children of God hallelujah we are led we have navigation supernatural navigation through this world we are navigated by the power and the Spirit of God hallelujah oh oh we are overcomers we are overcomers that's who we are hallelujah we have over we have overcome the world in Christ Jesus hallelujah oh glory to God we are overcomers hallelujah we are overcomers and conquerors praise the name of Jesus and we have order we have order right one thing that God does for the believer is to make sure That their life has order. That it's not chaos all around. It's not storms all around. That there's peace and there is order. Praise the name of Jesus. That things line up the way they should. There is no chaos, but there is order. So, we are overcomers and we have order. Praise the name of Jesus. P, we are perfected. Hallelujah. We are perfected. And I'm talking about from... An initial point of view from our standing in God in God's eyes we are perfected forever hallelujah you know Hebrews 10 talks about how the worshippers who offer sacrifice year after year he says wouldn't they have stopped offering it if the worshippers were made perfect but you see now that the sacrifices have stopped because one sacrifice was paid for once once and for all for all time we have been made perfect as a result. Hallelujah. It was the perfect sacrifice that made the perfect people. So I am perfected of God. Hallelujah. I am perfected. That's who I am. Hallelujah. Are we growing in perfection? We are. But in the eyes of God, we are first perfected. Then we grow in perfection. We are first sanctified. Then we grow in sanctification. Hallelujah. So we are perfected of God. What do we have, guys? What do we have? We have power. We have power. We have power. Hallelujah. We have power to trample upon the enemy. We have power to 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 free the world of the oppression of the enemy. Hallelujah. We have power. Glory to God. We are not powerless people. We are powerful. Hallelujah. Q was a tough one. <laughs> Q was a very tough letter. But what we have is we are qualified hallelujah we are qualified we are qualified we see how that God does not qualify the called no sorry what am I saying he doesn't call those who are qualified is what I meant to say he doesn't call for those who have their credentials rights who look like the most holy of men and women but he qualifies those who he calls so we are qualified because he had called us hallelujah and it was because of him that we are qualified, not anything that we did. Um, as to what we have, please put a recommendation in the chat section. Because I couldn't come up with anything in the time that I had for what we have. That starts with a Q, right? Some some will say we have quality, we have questions. Don't say we have questions, please. But one thing we are is that we are qualified because of him. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. R Are. Are. We are redeemed. Glory to God. We are redeemed. Hallelujah. The word redeemed means to purchase something that was lost, to buy it back. Just like um, the story of Hosea when he lost his wife who was a prostitute, she she went back into a prostitution. He went to find her and bought her back from her buyers. Do you understand? That's the same thing God did for us in Christ. He bought us back. From what the, from whom we were sold to, we were sold to the God of this world. And God used the, the highest price. He, there was a bidding going for, there was an auction. And He paid the highest price that no one else could beat that offer. And He bought us back. Hallelujah. He redeemed us with His blood. Glory to God. And what do we have? We have righteousness. Glory to God. We have righteousness. We have righteousness. Glory to God, we have righteousness. When God sees us, he sees us as he sees Christ. What it means to have righteousness means you have right standing with God. You have a right standing with God. You can come boldly to him and know that he does not accuse you of any guilt or any sin or any charge. You are right before him. Hallelujah. S, you are sanctified. You are sanctified. What that means is you have been cleansed, you've been taking out of sin, taking out of darkness. Sanctification means a bringing out of. It's like a distillation process. When you separate the impurities from one, it's like you're a filtration process where you take out those things that are impure from something that you want to be clean. So we have been sanctified. We've been cleansed from sin. We've been cleansed from the power of the enemy. Hallelujah. We have been sanctified. What do we have? We have the Spirit. Hallelujah. In fact, that that, that means everything. Nothing else needs to be said. We have the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. We have the Spirit of God to live this life according to the will of the Father. Amen. We do. T, we are triumphant. We are triumphant. Oh, praise be to God who causes us to triumph in everything every situation make as we make known the server of his knowledge he causes us to triumph in every place hallelujah we are triumphant we can never be defeated we are triumphant over the enemy we are triumphant even in our career we are triumphant in every sphere of our lives we win anyways we win all the way in the name of Jesus we are triumphant but what do we have we have a testimony you know the Bible talks about how the saints you know, conquered the accuser of the brethren by the the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. What was the word of their testimony? It was about the testimony of salvation. We have a testimony of salvation. We have a testimony that the blood of the Lamb was spilled for us you know, that's what it says in Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 that they, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. It was that testimony of salvation that there is blood for me. Hallelujah. When the enemy comes to attack you, you have a testimony. Look at the blood that was spilled. Look at the power that was conferred upon me. Are you joking with me? I have a testimony. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. You, you are united. With the Father, hallelujah. You are united with the Father, and you have understanding. You have understanding. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You have understanding. Ephesians 1:17. You have understanding into the mysteries of God. Hallelujah. Bible says in First Corinthians 2, verse 10, but all these things have been revealed to us by the Spirit. We have insight now. We have understanding into the mysteries of God by the Spirit. Hallelujah. So you, you can't be in a place and say, I don't understand. No, no, no. That's not for you. You have understanding. Praise the name of Jesus. You are united with the Father and you have understanding. V. You are valued. You are valued and you have victory. I'm going to rush. You have, you are, you have, you are valued. You are valued by God. God treasures you. You are valued and you have the victory hallelujah you have the victory because Christ is victorious glory to God W you are worthy you know it's it's very common to say God is worthy of all the praise he's worthy of all the adoration but you see God made us worthy of of his love. Do you understand? Not because we were worthy in ourselves, he made us worthy. Not because we were qualified, he made us qualified. Not because we had value, but he made us valued. Hallelujah. So everything that we are comes from him. That's our place in him. Do you see that? So we are worthy because he made us worthy of his love. Hallelujah. What do we have? We have wisdom. We have wisdom of God. We have the spirit of wisdom in us. And so we have, we have, we can apply all that we know, all that we are in every working day of our lives. Praise the name of Jesus. X was a complicated letter, but we have exceeding abundant power. <laughs> Sorry, that was the best I could come up with. Exceeding abundant power. Remove the E in front of the X. God bless you as we do so in Jesus' name. Um, y was also weird, but let's see what we have. You are yielded the word yielded means you are surrendered remember to grow in your relationship with the holy spirit you need to yield you need to trust you need to obey so you are yielded praise the name of jesus you are yielded to the will of god God, wherever you send, I will go. Whatever you say, I will do. You are yielded. But what do we have? We have the yearnings of the spirit. We have the yearnings of the spirit. We want to know what the spirit is saying. We want to be desire more of the spirit. You know, if you want, you know, talking about spiritual gifts, said desire the best gift. Desire is the word yearning. You yearn for the spirit. Desire the things of the spirit. So we have yearnings of the spirit, yearnings of the spirit. Hallelujah. Z, we are we are from zion as opposed to mount sinai when the law was given and three thousand people were destroyed Or mount zion when peter preached Oh glory to god in the upper room three thousand were saved that's where we are we are in zion so we are from zion hallelujah we are from zion and what do we have we have zeal for good works the bible says in in titus 2 verse 14 that, you know, God had sanctified the people to himself who are zealous for good works. So we have zeal for what? Good works. So this is a lot. <laughs> I just wanted to give you a, some, just a, a sneak peek into who you are and what you have. So these are things you need to be convinced of. You need to, you need to let those things sink deep about who you are and what you have. Don't let the enemy steal away this information from you. Don't let him steal away these things as conviction. Remember, you know uh, the story of the sower, the parable of the sower. Some fell on dry ground. Some fell on a thorny place. Mind you, um, some fell on some on a soil, but the roots did not go deep, right? The roots did not go deep, and so when winds came. When storms came, that seed that was planted was uprooted because the roots were not deep. And that's what's the case with some of us. Some of us, the seeds grow somewhere, but there are thorns around. And the thorns choke those plants. The weeds choke those plants. And that's some of you. You had convictions till someone came along and influenced you and gave you the wrong information. And you started to lose hope, started to lose faith. So you are to be the one where the the seed falls on and it grows deep and you stay there you stay rooted you stay convinced and unshakable that nothing can change your convictions about god and about you and your place in him hallelujah come on say that to yourself i am unshakable i am convinced of the truth that god is good i am convinced of my place in christ jesus hallelujah i am sanctified i am seated i am blessed Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to just turn into prayer right now. The Lord, all the days of my life, I stay with strong convictions of your truth. The Lord, till my final breath, till my final breath. Oh, Lord, till my final breath. I will hold on to this truth. I will hold on to this faith, even as faith holds on to me. Hallelujah. I will hold on to convictions, even as these convictions hold on to me. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that I am not shaken by, oh Lord, every wind of doctrine. Lord, I am not shaken by the vicissitudes of life. Lord, I am not shaken by how things turn out, my experiences, my feelings, my feelings the fears I have, my thoughts, the the loss, the grievings, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I am convinced of the truth that you are for me and not against me. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I grow in this knowledge. I grow in this knowledge. Lord, I'm tired of being a shallow Christian, tired of being a shallow believer, that at the slightest sight of of danger. I run the other direction. No, I will stay convinced in the, in the face of persecution. I stay convinced in the place of, of mishap. I stay convinced in the, in the place of negativity and, and things contrary to your will. I stay convinced and my convictions are rooted in your word in the name of Jesus. It's your word over my experiences. It's your word over my feelings in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. We remain convinced in the name of Jesus. Our convictions grow stronger. Our convictions grow stronger. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Precious Father in Heaven, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the Bible study we just had. Thank you, Lord, because your word was revealed to us once again, and we are the better for it. Lord, help us grow stronger in our convictions. Let our roots sink deeper and grow deeper in you and in your word in Jesus' name. Lord, we will not be victims Of these enemies of convictions will not be victims of the plan and the plot of the enemy to to deceive us from the truth thank you lord we stand firm in your word all the days of our lives till our dying breath and to the new awakening when we rise again to meet you in the air hallelujah in Jesus mighty name we have prayed amen amen glory to God hallelujah hallelujah Oh, your convictions will stay ever strong in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you for joining Bible study this evening. It's been an amazing time. All right. Um, What do we have next? We have Ignite coming up on Tuesday. It's a time where we're going to pray and fellowship by 8 p.m. here on Mixlar. So be there. I need you to do me a favor. In our next Bible study... I need you to invite at least two people, two new people that have probably never heard of Vivify before, invite them for Bible study because they're in for an amazing time. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Have a lovely night, guys. I love you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. God bless you. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life stick around for more God bless you I love you